This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode 398. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast. I am your host today, Jacob Paulson. I am joined by co-host Matthew Marister. Hello. We're going to have a good time today. We are going to be discussing the whole buying the guns on the interwebs question. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pros, the cons, maybe some uh, resources to consider, as well as, uh, you know, some legality concerns or, you know, what what you need to know about the process and, and how to do it legally and stuff. So that is the plan. We are live right now on Facebook and YouTube. So those of you who are joining us live, we appreciate you being here and we will try to respond to your comments as they come in. So yeah, before we get there though, a couple of sponsors for today. First, guns.com. This episode is kind of inspired by my most recent gun buying experience, which was my first time buying a gun on guns.com. And they really have impressed me with how quickly they have set up and become an e-commerce giant for firearms and not not just you know that they're another company out there selling guns but the, the little things they're doing have really impressed me for example they work with local dealers so local dealers can sell their inventory on guns.com which supports those local businesses they really do a lot i'm impressed with the used gun operations so you can sell them your used gun they'll buy it from you and then obviously you can go on to their website and buy used guns and they also have certified used guns that come with uh, you know some sort of guarantee or warranty or something or another. I'd have to go read and figure out what it is. But all around, I've just been impressed with their marketplace. We'll talk about some of those other things later today. So for your next online purchase, please consider guns.com. And then today is also sponsored by Guardian Nation. And I'm going to actually do something that's really unusual for me. I'm going to shut up and ask Matthew... What do you like about Guardian Nation? Like what, you know, if someone's like, dude, like why should I join? Like, what would you tell them, Matthew? Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, obviously, the big draw is people like to get stuff, right? So they like to get a package with a different gear. So you get that um, once a quarter, right? So you get it four times a year. Um, and you get good gear that's all related to concealed carry, carrying firearms and things like that, um, which is really cool. But under, I mean, behind that, that maybe a lot of people don't see is that we're, we put out a ton of training information, videos, um, like uh, hours and hours of, of, of videos that you can access on so many different topics that have to do with concealed carry. Um, and it's not all just tactical stuff. It's, you know, legal stuff and all kinds of stuff. And then um, when we run these deals that you know, the Guardian Nation members are always jumping in on these deals and getting, you know, deeper deals than 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 we normally do on on um, those, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, offers or uh, yeah, offers and, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So they I mean, it's there's a whole host of things that, you know, if you just look at it, oh, I just want the box. It pays for itself. Right. Um, but you get all these other other uh, things behind the scenes that I hope people are taking advantage of because it, it it really makes makes it worthwhile. Uh, even if you, you know, don't want all the gear, the, the, just the training information alone that you'd have to pay for these these DVDs and things would be a lot of money. So I appreciate you saying that, Matthew, because 
I mean, there's like 10 or so specific kind of core benefits of Guardian Nation. And while one of those is that we ship you a quarterly box, which is valued at minimum exactly of what you've paid to be a member of Guardian Nation, uh, my, pers- my, my sense or experience is that most of our members either see it as um, I, I'm a member to get a box, plus I get some other benefits, or they see it as I'm a member to get all these benefits and plus I get a box. So however you want to think of it is fine. I, I would encourage you to not, though, discount the value of all the training uh, content material that out there. As we all know, skills and training are more important than gear. And so, yeah, th- I, I, I prefer to think of it. I can tell you internally as a company, we think of it as we put out the best content possible for our members and then the box is hopefully gravy. It's it's a reason, uh, you know, think of it as like a bonus for being, being a member. Whatever your reason, I would encourage you to go to guardiannation.com and, you know, there you can see all the benefits that are available. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll just highlight one thing that I think is really cool. You can get a 20% discount on your membership with CCW Safe. And that's pretty sweet. That's huge. 20% is a big deal. You know, if you get their premium, awesome, whatever they call it, best membership product, that's like $500 a year. So 20% off is like 100 bucks. That makes it a lot easier to justify your membership in GuardianNation.com. So check it out today at www.GuardianNation.com. Okay. So, Matthew, let's talk about buying guns online. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, what, I, what I consider like the old school thing. Well, actually, probably let's do this. Let's first clarify all the legal stuff and get that out of the way. And then let's talk about other stuff. Okay. So, just in case like there's some huge anti-gunner listening to our podcast, which is probably not happening. But I figure we should get this out of the way first. So, here's the deal that we need to clarify when you buy a gun on the internet, it's more regulated than if you buy it in person. Yeah, because sure. That, that That's true. Right. Because, because in the majority of us States, no background check is required for a personal transfer of a firearm in Ohio, Matthew, I don't know about Ohio. So I'm just, I'm going out of limb here, but if I lived down the street from you, if I was one of your neighbors and, and I wanted to buy a gun from you, is there going to be a background check? Not if you and I are doing it. No. Yeah, we. I just <laughs> come over to your house. No, yeah, right. I, I, just, I just come to your house and we yeah. just exchange money. And you, you know, you may choose to you know get, have a bill of sale written up or make a record of a serial number. Do. Yeah, you know that's probably a best practice. But there's no legal requirement of jack no. squat. No. Um, now here in Colorado, I, I we are one of a, a minority of states that have what we would call a universal background check law. So here in Colorado, that's not the case. You know, if, if Riley and I want to exchange a gun, and that's happened on more than one occasion, then we got to go to a dealer, and a background check has to be performed. But this is this is the point I'm making. In-person transfers of a firearm in most states do not require a background check, assuming there's no dealer involved. It's just two individuals. Right. But when you buy a gun online, it's a whole different beast because the the seller on that on the internet is going to have to ship that gun to a dealer, and at that dealer you're gonna have to pick it up. And because a dealer ultimately is doing the final. Uh, transaction, the final transfer of the gun to the end user, to the customer, to the buyer, a background check is going to have to be performed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing to get out of the way is that by nature, when guns are purchased online, the seller is going to ship that gun to a local dealer uh, you know, based on the you know some some choice of the buyer, what dealer it's going to go to. And then the buyer is going to pick up that gun from the dealer in a background check is going to be performed regardless of what state you're in. And and only if the background check is successful, approved, passed, whatever, then that gun is going to be transferred to the end customer. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Got that out of the way. Anything else along those lines, Matthew, that we should disclaim or get out of the way? No, I mean, uh, obviously in states that don't require those background checks, you know, it's still, you have to be, uh, it should be legally speaking, it has to be somebody in that same state, right? So you can't cross state lines and buy a handgun in a different state if it's, you know, private party, private party, and then go back to Colorado or whatnot. That would technically be illegal. um, But, you know, it's difficult to track those types of things, right? And those laws vary between handguns and long guns mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Uh, so handguns are very particular that you know they you really have to buy them in the state in which you reside, uh, or you have to that you know you have to pick it up from a dealer in a state in which you reside. Right. Uh, whereas hand uh, long guns are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that disclaimer out of the way, let's talk about buying guns online now. Uh, before we started recording, Matthew, I asked you how many guns have you bought online, and it was a pretty short list. You, you know, yeah. you said you've done it like once. Right. Because we I, have private party. So. Right, right, right. Because you're, you know, why not just go find a buddy down the road? Yeah. Um, now, for whatever reason, and it's probably mostly a personality thing, like uh, I buy all my guns online. Basically, a ton of them. Uh, yeah, of the handguns I own, which I'm not going to disclose the number. I bet half of them were purchased online. Hmm. Um, some of those through a, an actual retailer. You know, just a go-to website give money, they ship gun. Uh, another case is more like an auction broker type site, uh, like a gun broker or something like that, where uh, via a website, I find a seller who's selling a gun and then I work with them you know, directly to have the gun shipped. Uh, but I, I've, I've bought a lot of guns online. I have a Walther that I got online. I got a Smith & Wesson that I purchased online. I have uh, another Walther, actually, both my Walthers uh, I got online. I have a Glock. Uh, two of my Glocks uh, were purchased online. And, of course, this FN that's sitting here right in front of me uh, online. So, And many, many others, I might add. I have an AR-15 that I was purchased uh, online. So that I am no stranger. Oh, I have a Keltec. Man, I could keep going. My, my Springfield <laughs> XD uh, was purchased on the Internet. So uh, it's not something that's that's new or bizarre to me. And I think it brings a certain amount of perspective because I've had a lot of experiences with different online uh, retailers or brokers or whatever. And it's led me to kind of, uh, I guess, a little bit more perspective. But one thing I think we need to address is this whole, you know, when we buy online, are we hurting local businesses? We live in an age now where everything's going online and local companies are going out of business. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, are we hurting the, the average local gun dealer by doing all this shopping online? And I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, Matthew, because I do believe in American small businesses. Uh, I think that we don't want our local gun dealers to go away. We don't want them to go out of business. And so it's a challenging thing for us to kind of balance this idea that we all want the best deal. We all want the best experience, but we also don't want to put out of business the local guys. What what thoughts do you have about that, if any? Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. I think... It's almost like the Amazon effect, right? Like everybody thinks that whatever they want, they should be able to get it within, you know, two days. Um, And it should be the best price, the absolute lowest price that you could possibly find anywhere. And it's going to be at your door in two days or, you know, you have access to it in two days. So I think, you know, it's difficult for small shops, especially even some of the middle, you know, medium sized uh, gun shops to, to stock all the different varieties of firearms and have them in stock um, for somebody to come in and get it right then, then and there. 
Um, and so I, I don't know. It's I, I think it it absolutely does affect uh, small businesses for sure. Um, but it, I, I don't know if it's something that could be artificially stopped. Right. Like, I think we should do all that we can to to support small businesses. But I think that it's just that's just how kind of the i don't want to throw out the old free market capitalism you know thing but you know people are going to seek the best price the most uh you know the quickest way they can get in if you go into a store and you want to buy a gun and they're like no i don't have that but i have this and i can order that but it's going to take you know five or six days and i can go online and say you know uh this this dealer is going to ship it to this dealer and they'll have it there in three, four days. You know, um, I might say, okay, thanks, but I'm going to go over here. So I think that's the struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that's all true. That's just nature of beast kind of stuff. I mean, uh, your average local gun shop just can't stock all the stuff, whether we're talking about guns or holsters or whatever else, it's just the nature of the, the commerce system. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like the Crossbreed Super Tuck holster, which is kind of their <laughs> flagship holster, it, it's available for 652 guns, plus right hand versus left hand, plus some of those with laser. Adapt- you know, I mean, there's like twelve. There's like twelve thousand SKUs for for that one single holster. You know, so it that that cr- presents a pretty serious challenge for local gun shops. But here are a couple thoughts that I have in my in my mind. One, uh, the the margin on a new gun sale at your average local dealer sucks. Yeah. Um, so if you think you're doing them a big favor by going in and buying your new handgun there, you should know that they're not making much money. Uh, in fact, I was talking to the dealer, the most recent one where I, when I picked up this, this FN uh, 509 that's in my hand, I bought this online. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. And when I went into the dealer to pick it up, they charge a $40 transfer fee. Now 40 is probably a little bit on the higher end here in Colorado. I definitely could find a dealer that would do it for, for 30, um, 40, I would say is well, maybe it's about average. There's certainly some that charge a $50 transfer fee, but I had to ask them and I said, Hey, uh, you don't have this gun in stock, but if you did, would your margin be better than 40 bucks? And his answer was no. So he, he made more money on me because I bought the gun on the internet and had him, you know, do the transfer than he would have made if he had the gun in stock and I just walked in and bought it. Mm. So he, I I guess the point is that the beautiful thing about the way the legal slash commerce system of guns is set up is that when you buy a gun online, and you have a transfer to a local dealer, and then you show up and you you pay that transfer fee, uh, which is which is pretty standard. Most dealers are going to have that in place. They're still making money, and in some cases, they're making even more money than they would make on a new gun sold. Right. Um, most dealers are making their money on used guns, and so if you're you know they if you're looking for a used gun, that would be one option you might consider. You know that they those you know local dealer might have some selection, and that's a place where they they tend to have a good profit center. Another thing that I think about local gun shops is that a lot of them also provide training. That's that's how they augment their business, and a lot of them also are gunsmiths, and that that is a service that I think is extremely important and critical, and I don't want to see disappear in my community. Right? I need my local gunsmiths to be around. There's gonna you know there's days that show up where I say, hey, I've probably put. 5,000 rounds through this gun, uh, I need to go have a tune-up. I need to take it to someone and say, hey, will you go through this, replace all the springs that need to be replaced and do this and that and the other thing. And, you know, 
I'm, I'm a guy who does that just like I do with my truck. I take it to the dealer and I say, Hey, I'm at a hundred thousand miles. Like do all the stuff that the manufacturer says needs to be done so that my truck runs well. Uh, I do that with my gun too. And so I, I put great value in the local gunsmith. And so I think, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that yes, while a lot of gun commerce is going online, I think local dealers are figuring out where they fit in that system and that new uh, commerce situation. And I, 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 for one, don't feel like I'm putting them out of business by shopping online. Uh, in some ways, on the contrary, I'm keeping them in business because they got to do the transfer fee. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, they do, they do make more. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm really good friends with a couple of people that are uh, own small gun stores, like, you know, small gun stores. And they only, I, I mean, they, got to the point where they're saying, I'm only stocking a few guns. And if somebody wants to buy a gun, I just have them, you know, I, I have those customers that come in and they want a gun and I'll order it for them, and, for them and I give them a good price and they're willing to wait because, you know, I'm giving them that extra service as far as uh, I, I, you know, I can sell them ammunition or or, or whatnot and give them a good deal, uh, you know, all together. And, and like you said, they can bring the gun back and have it serviced or, or um, they have that peace of mind that they're actually dealing with somebody on a daily basis rather than saying, I'm I'm going to transfer it to this FFL who may or may not have a gun store. I mean, there's a lot of FFLs. I don't know how it works with you guys, but um, there are a lot of FFLs that they just have an FFL and they transfer guns from their home. And so you go to some dude's house and they're transferring the gun. They're an FFL. They don't have a shop necessarily. Um, and so, you know, not to say it's illegal or anything, but you don't have that, you know, re- repeat business or anything that that relationship with somebody who's going to call you up and say, Hey dude, I got this gun in on a trade. I know you like, you know, X type guns, come on down and I'll hold it for you or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I strongly believe that serious gun owners should have a relationship with a local gun shop that has a gunsmith in house because that relationship is very valuable. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm going to buy all my guns there. I'm still going to go shop around and find the best price for me and stuff. Right. But uh, having that relationship has, has those other inherent values. So I appreciate that, that you referenced that. Okay. So here, here's what I want to share. I remember my first online gun buying experience and I was quite naive and it was quite horrible. And it went something like this. I, 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 I was on a website name not to be used, but um, it's a eBay type uh, operation. So I made a bid on a gun and I won, won the auction. I was like, sweet. I got a gun. And you know, I didn't know anything. So I figure, well, I'll just, I won the auction. Like, They'll con- I don't know. Like what, what, what happens now? Like, I, I remember thinking like, I have no idea what to, so I just get an email from, from the guy and he's like, Hey, you won like call, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, okay. So, so I got to call the guy on the phone, give him a credit card and great. He's got my money now. And he's like, Oh, okay. So like, you know, what dealer do you want this to go to? And I'm like, uh, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, go find a dealer and call me back. I'm like, okay. You know? So yeah, I got to call around. I got to find a, a dealer who does transfers because some of them won't, some of them won't right. do transfers, especially the big box players, you know, the Cabela's and Bass Pros of the world are like, nope, won't do it. So finally I, you know, I, I make a couple of calls. I find someone that's like, yep, we do transfers. And then they're like, and so I'm like, great. Uh, what info do I need? They're like, well, have, have the seller, send me an email to request my stuff. I'm like, okay. So then I got to make the phone call. Okay. Yeah. I, this, this, this local shop will do the transfer. Um, he said, you got to call him to get the, Oh, okay. Yeah. So then they call each other and it's, and then I get a call. Okay. Yeah. I talked to him and they sent me what I need and you know, guns on its way. And like, that's a lot of like hassle and work. 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very fun. And at some point, you know, you got to say, man, that, that really sucked. And so contrast that with my most recent experience. This was two weeks ago and guns.com is, you know, spending some good money on advertising. They're really out there. They're pushing really hard. And I thought, well, I want to give their website a shot. So I went, uh, they had tons of guns for sale. I clicked on new. I just, I wanted to see new guns. I clicked on FN, you know, just kind of keep shrinking down the results. Uh, I clicked on nine millimeter shrinks it even faster and boom, real quick. I can see all the guns. I found the one I wanted. Uh, I want this gun right here. It's the I have it in my hand. It's the 509 midsize red dot ready uh, optic ready gun. And I've had my eye on this for a while. I, I declared like I think last May that this would be my my next <laughs> gun. So it took me almost 12 months, but I got I got it in my hand. And so I found it. Price looked good. Uh, I I think it's pretty easy in today's commerce environment to find out what the, on a, a good price is on a gun. It doesn't take much googling to figure that out. And so brand new, I felt like this it was a good price. And so I add to cart. Okay. And the first thing I was thinking is, I wonder if guns.com will take my money, if they will charge my credit card first and then worry about where they ship it or how that'll work. Because this, this is something I've noticed about a lot of websites that sell guns and it really kind of upsets, it upsets me. Since that first transaction I had where uh, you charge my credit card, you take my money and then you say, oh, uh, find us a dealer to ship this. It's almost like, well... <sighs> I don't know. I just feel like there's something backwards about that. And so guns.com, that wasn't the case. Uh, I go to the website. I hit, add the gun to cart. I go to checkout. And the first thing in, in, as I put in my name and my address, and then it pops up and says, okay, find a dealer near you. And it had preloaded FFL dealers in my area. That's really cool. Like it pulled up a map. It's like, you live here. Here's your address that you've given us. Here are the dealers around you. Pick one. I didn't have to call around. I didn't have to say, hey, will you do it? They had preloaded a list of dealers. So I just clicked on one that I knew. I was like, oh, yep, I know those guys. I know where they are. I've been in that shop before. Select. And it's like, okay, done. Now next, you know, hit next. Put in payment info. Hit next. Done. <laughs> like that was it. I didn't have to make any phone calls. No groundwork. No making, you know, figuring out who's going to get the gun. What's it like? I just selected from a list. pre. So think how different that is than my first experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the FFL search is always the most difficult thing. And plus, it, I, you know, it, it worries me. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, that kind of kept me from purchasing guns online is that um, y- you, you may see FFLs on there, but like you're calling around and you don't know w- if this guy is going to, when you say, hey, I bought this gun, will you, he needs you to email him with your FFL information. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And you don't know if it's he's going to wait, do it later that day or next day, or maybe he's like, uh, he only works a couple days and and you call him back. I've had, I, I mean, it, it, you never know. And it's it's kind of cool if you have a, a, a site that's already kind of, I don't want to say vetting the FFLs, but they work with them. So they have the relationship to say, if these guys are constantly, you know, if, if the customer saying, hey, guns.com, I use your FFL and they're terrible, then guns.com can drop them. And, and, and you know, and so I think it's, it's, it streamlines everything and it gives you the confidence that you're going to get the gun in a timely manner. The people aren't going to, you know, dilly dally and, and just waste their time. Yeah, no, that's a super valid point. I mean, to kind of 
I guess, kind of finish out the experience because I think there's some important points here based on what you just said. I want people to know. Uh, I got an email notification when the gun had shipped. I got an email notification from guns.com when it arrived at the dealer. Uh, and, and the dealer, of course, called me as well and said, hey, we got your gun here. But here's the cool thing. After I picked up the gun, I got another email the next day from guns.com. And I don't know how they know I picked up the gun. I don't know if the dealer like goes and checks a box somewhere and is like, yes, gun was picked up. Or if they just like, send this email 48 hours after like i have no idea but it took me like three four days to go in there and actually get the gun so i think that they they somehow were notified i'd picked it up by the dealer but i got an email the next day and the email was hey click here and fill out this survey about your pickup experience Mm. at you know insert name of dealer here Mm. and and i clicked and i looked at that survey and i was i was really surprised because guns.com didn't give me a survey about my experience buying from them. They wanted to know about my experience picking up the gun from the dealer. Wow. Because and they made it very clear. It's like, Hey, we care about your experience. And if it wasn't good, like we don't have to work with this dealer anymore. It didn't say that, but you know, that's, that's obviously what I'm inferring right. based on the questions that were asked and them choosing to dictate that survey. It, it was, it was very clear that, uh, Throughout the process, I guess, it's clear to me that Guns.com, and I think this is true of other dealers, to be, to be clear, like my most recent experience was on Guns.com, uh, and they are an advertiser and sponsor of today's episode, so obviously we're referring to them, and, and without any uh, reservation, I had a very positive experience there, but certainly there are other uh, online retailers that would, would also meet these criteria, so sure. I, you know, to, be, to be clear, but it, it, what was clear to me is that Guns.com cared about two things. One, working with local FFLs to support them in their business by doing things like allowing a local retailer, a local gun shop to list their inventory for sale on guns.com, right? To be able to sell in that marketplace. Mm -hmm. And also by driving people like me into that dealer and then allowing me to provide feedback as to my experience. So for whatever that's worth, I think I I just, I don't know, something about the whole, the whole process was so impressive to me that I was like, Holy crap. Like they, they really want to know how good these local dealers are, how they're managing their customers. And it's all coming full circle. Yeah. And I mean, this is like any, any business, right? Like if you take care of the customers, they'll be, they'll become loyal customers. They'll use your services. And, and, and that's huge because, you know, um, I I was, when when I saw that guns.com was going to start selling guns and I was like, Oh man, I mean, that's gotta be a difficult especially in the environment now, a difficult field or business to get into, right? Like online firearm sales. And then I saw, well, we're also going to allow you to, you know, sell your guns to us, use guns, and we'll sell those. And I was like, wow, I mean, this is going to be even even more difficult. But the fact that they're doing it, um, I think it's really in in you know i didn't i didn't obviously buy the gun i didn't know about the uh the surveys and stuff but that is really important because those little things could totally undermine the whole uh the whole premise of buying a gun online and and people are going to say well that's great that you have all this inventory and this and that but i mean the process is just rotten and i you know frankly don't want to do it but that that's really good that they're trying to get the best ffls they're trying to include them into their network and uh and i think you know yes obviously it helps guns.com but it, it helps in general the gun community in so many different ways right it's helping those small businesses more than um more than uh what we would think it's helping people get access to guns that they may not 
necessarily be able to if they just go to the local dealer and pick from what they have in the in the in the case and then you know it's helping even in cases where in in my state where you can do a private party transfer there's always a little bit of diciness when you're selling guns to people you don't know right and so some people like that you know, I I, I want to sell my gun, but I don't want to meet some dude at the McDonald's, you know, parking lot or something. So what I'm going to do is I'll sell it. Even if I get, you know, $50 less, I, it's safer for me. I'd rather be done with it. And um, and so I think in, in many different aspects, this is helping gun owners, gun shops. And, and I think it's going to be a very welcome thing to the industry. Yeah, I, I think we should. I appreciate you talking about that. And we should talk a little bit more about the used gun thing because it can be a little intimidating to sell guns. Uh, can't say I've ever sold one myself. I, I own every gun I've ever, Oh, that's not true. I did sell a couple of, couple of guns back, back in the day, but for the most part, I, I haven't sold a gun in over a decade and it can be intimidating. And sometimes it's a cash issue. It's like, Hey, I just, I need 500 bucks right now. And I got this gun I never use. Like, and sometimes it's a matter of in order to get another gun, right? I, yeah. I know a lot of people, that's the situation. Like, well, the new blank, blank, you know, Bush killer 10,000 just came <laughs> out and I have the old Bush killer 5,000. So, you know, if I can sell this and, and then use that money to go get the new one, then that's, that's what I'd rather own. So if you have to sell a used gun, that can be difficult and intimidating. And certainly you can go into a local gun shop and they're going to, you know, that, that's it's the traditional old pawn you know style transaction but for another plug for guns.com here's this another shameless you know point for them they'll buy it from you you, you know you don't even have to leave your house you can just you know, you can go to guns.com say i want to sell my gun to guns.com they will acquire it they will pay you for it and then they will certify they have a certified used kind of process where they basically test the guns and ensure in fact i was just checking to see how they word it that says uh, you have the peace of mind of knowing that on-site experts have inspected each gun individually. They'll ensure there are no mechanical defects, and the condition of the gun is consistent with its rating. And then they, they'll, you know, you can they say those they'll sell those on on guns.com, obviously. So when you're shopping on that website, you can go to certified used, and you can find those options. And it's really cool because the global marketplace is such that you can find things that no, you know, you're just not going to find at a local dealer. I, 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 I sorted by price and I was looking for like the most expensive thing on guns.com. Uh, and it was a set of three commemorative 1911 pistols from Colt all in a case with pearl handles for 35 grand. Hmm. And, uh, I'm no collector. Like I don't understand all those things, but I was like, you know, the, the odds of me finding a, a really cool thing like this at my local shop are pretty low. Uh, my local shop might have some other really cool things too, right? But I, I just really impress, you know, impress, I guess, with that that concept of use. So if you're a person who either wants to sell a used gun or you're a person who is happy to save a few bucks and buy a used gun, then the online marketplace is stepping up there in a way that it never had before. I think if if we went back even just two, three years ago, you'd have a very hard time finding a marketplace for online used guns certainly there were places like an arms list or you know kind of some of these what i would call more like a classified style website where you could find someone who had put up hey i got this gun for sale who wants it but in terms of an actual like dealer who's managing that on the internet and they are the actual end transaction they're the actual end dealer they're not just you know allowing other people to connect online um that's 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 kind of a new new thing and i was you know i'm pretty impressed with that 
Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you mentioned about how they certify it, you know, and they make sure it's, it's functioning and stuff. And, you know, when you go private party transaction, unless you, you know, you go to the person's house and they have a range in their backyard or something like that, right. Which is not common. Um, you're not going to know if that gun actually functions well or, or what, you know, uh, anything about that gun. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, that's one of the things I've thought about, like when I've purchased guns, you know, you really try to get a, get an idea of what this person, you know, what, wh- who is this person? I'll look them up and do, do as much as I can investigation of the dude, you know, his name and stuff like that to try to figure out, um, before I would buy a gun. But this is, cool because it takes all the haggling out all the all the questions of is this gun going to fall apart or blow up or is it a recall or whatever you know and and guns.com is doing all that and it's like i said i really think that at first i was kind of skeptical how they were going to pull it off because i've seen other online gun sales you know forum type things and they're either like the classifieds like you said where everybody's just haggling and you know or they're like a big auction type thing where it's difficult to really get an idea of what kind of gun you're getting and blah 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 so uh, mm-hmm. i i like what guns.com is doing yeah a couple thoughts that might be helpful to the listener if you, if you're considering you know for the first time ever buying a gun online one thought would be that you do you do need to be aware of that transfer fee uh, in other words, sometimes you might be saying, well, I, I was at blank store last night and they had the new FN 509 midsize MRD pistol. I'm into this gun in case you didn't notice. They had this gun for sale and it was X dollars. And now I'm on this website, guns.com or wherever else. And I see it's cheaper. You do definitely need to make sure you understand what the other potential costs are that you could run into. Um, I think sometimes people might be caught off guard when they think they're saving 50 bucks on a gun. But then they have it shipped to the local dealer. They have to pay a $40 transfer fee. Some states also have a background check fee. I Certainly here in Colorado, we do. Uh, and it varies what that fee is. It changes from time to time. So I, I guess that would be like my, my tip number one for anyone who's out there thinking, um, hey, I'm, I think I might try an online transaction for a gun. Tip number one would be make sure you know what all the potential costs are you're going to incur because you don't you don't want to think you're getting a good deal and then end up finding out that it, it ended up costing you more than you thought. So in my case, when I was on guns.com and I, I saw the FFL options and I saw one of them, I knew I knew what that FFL charged for transfer. I knew it was going to be forty dollars, and I I you know I had to have that in my head and say, okay, I'm going to pay this plus this. And obviously, I knew there was a background check fee. So um, you could have shipping costs. Certainly there are some, and this was not true of guns.com, but I have had websites where I've bought guns before and after the transaction ended and, I, and the dealer contacts me to get payment, they say, well, the price you saw, you know, you, you, know, you, you said you're going to pay $500 for it. That's only true if you mail me a check, right? But right, if you want right. to pay with a credit card, there's a three, 3% surcharge or something. And so um, I, I guess I just you know, make sure that you explicitly understand what all the other potential fees are, you know, shipping cost, uh, you know, if there's a credit card surcharge fee, if, the, if you're going to pay a transfer fee at the local dealer, what is that going to be? Is there a background check fee from the state? Uh, so that, that would be like tip number one from, from Jacob about buying a gun online. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's really, uh, smart to, to, to think about that. Cause I, I'm thinking back to like when I was looking at guns online and stuff and you look at the price and it's like, you know, 349, you're like, oh, I can't, that's $80 cheaper than anywhere. But, 
um, by the time you, you pay that transfer fee, if there's a shipping fee that you don't see, or that's the cash only price. And, um, yeah, that's, you, you got to look at all that fine print. One of those things is, is, is interesting is that like, you know, a lot of times we do gun reviews or something and this just popped in my head. Um, we'll do gun reviews and some on like a newer gun. Right. And they'll say, I, I, I see comments all the time. Like I can't get my hands on that gun at all. Right. And so, um, it's cool because some of the local dealers, they don't get the first runs of these guns. They only no. give them to like, you know, online dealers that buy huge quantities. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes that's the only way you can get a gun in the first, you know, six, eight months, maybe a year that it's released. Um, unless you're in some sort of waiting queue. Right. And so, um, so this is that's another reason why you know guns.com buying a gun like that uh from an online dealer is is, is good because they're going to be able to pull those guns and get them uh to you probably quicker than your local FFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's super super valid. Um another thought I had is and and maybe this depends on what you're buying the gun for and you know what your thoughts are but but generally speaking it's always wise to uh put a gun in your hand before you buy it. Now obviously mm-hmm. I can't you know, if guns.com is selling me my FN 509 midsize MRD pistol, I can't put that in my that, that exact same thing that's going to show up in the mail in my hand before I pay for it. But I can go to a local dealer, uh, you know, maybe a bigger, you know, like a, a, a big box store or something uh, where they're likely to have it. And I can still pick, pull it out of the glass case, put it in my hand and say, you know, is this a gun that's going to fit my hand well? Do I like it? Do I like the ergonomics? So, you know, just like anything else you'd buy online, to the best of your ability, you want to reduce the potential for buyer's remorse. And and returning a gun is is uh, a little more complex than returning the holster you didn't like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you probably want to make have some confidence that this is a gun you're going to like and you're going to you know you're going to enjoy. And making the trip to the local shop and put it in your hand also is going to give you an opportunity to say, hey, maybe this this is the best place to get my best deal. You know, if that's the case, then then buy it there. Uh, but what other thoughts, Matthew, do you have about you know, making sure a gun is the gun for you before you buy it online or anything else along those lines? Well, that's one of the cool things about some of the the, the shops that have a range uh, along with them, right? Like, I know you probably do this all the time with students and they're like, oh, what's the best gun? And, and it's difficult because, you know, you there is no best gun, right? Like you can't give them, you can say, these are the things that make a gun preferable for concealed carrier for home defense or, uh, for stature, you know, or your hand size or what, what you want, how you want to carry it, but it's difficult. And so a lot of times we say, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of point somebody to a category or a few type, you know, these four or five guns are similar. They're going to feel a little bit different, maybe in the trigger pull or, or, you know, uh, maybe capacity is a little bit different or the holster selection, but go to the, go to a, a store, get them in your hands, feel how they shoot. If you can, if you can test fire those and then see what works best for you. But I think, um, what happens a lot of times is people, they see something online or they see, you know, a review or a picture and it looks really cool and they buy it and then they go out and they shoot it and then they shoot somebody else's gun. They're like, uh, they don't want to say it, but they're like, I should have gotten that. Or so there is something to be said about like getting the gun in your hand and making sure that, you know, not just that it feels good, but it actually, you know, once you get it in your hand and you look at the sites and, and all these stuff that you kind of don't, don't think about, 
um, start to add up. And so it's good to get it in your hand and kind of, kind of test it out before you, uh, before you go and purchase it. Yeah. And I, I do think that there's a, there's also like some learning bell, like learning curve relative to how important that becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I suspect Matthew, you've, you've been shooting a lot of guns much longer than I have. And I suspect you're at a point probably how I tell you this, is how I feel. And maybe you will agree with me or disagree with me, but I don't, maybe it's in part because I'm in the industry and I get to go to shot show and I get to touch every gun I want like <laughs> once a year. But there's also something to me that I, I pretty much can look at a gun now and be like, yeah, I'm going to be good with that gun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because what you get, there's some like, like a uh, point of diminishing return relative to, I need to touch and feel it before I think I'm going to like it. Right. Uh, and you just kind of can eyeball it and watch a YouTube video and be like, yeah, I think I would, I think I would enjoy that gun. Yeah, I mean, because you know, probably, I mean, you'll know if it has the same grip angle as a Glock versus a 1911. So you'll know, okay, it's going to feel similar. Uh, you can look at, you know, the capacity and be like, no, I need something more capacity than that, or the the types of sights, or you know, where the magazine releases, and and you know, my, I mean, I have small hands. I've said it before, and you know, it's just how I was born. But like, I know certain guns, I'm not going to be able to get to the magazine release, so I'm not going to even. I mean, I, I might use it for a range gun or something like that, but it's not going to be something that I can carry. And so I think, you know, you're right that you start looking at those things. And and I think it's weird because as I go along, I, you know, at first you you get the gun that you like and that's all that you like. Everything else is, is garbage compared to the gun you like. And then you start seeing all these other guns. And you're like, oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. And you're like, oh, these are cool. And then you at least for me, I've kind of peaked and now I'm like, uh, I mean, it's nice to shoot, but I go back to like the standard old, you know, uh, that Glock 19 or, you know, I like the P365 and, you know, like I may like the Hellcat, I may like this or that, but like, I'm just kind of like going back to the standard stuff that I know. And then I like to shoot. And, um, and so I don't know, maybe, other people are different, but I've kind of like see a little curve there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm on a journey. I think I've shared this on the podcast before to, to own a gun from every major manufacturer. Uh, it's just a weird goal of mine. And sometimes I do things that are counterproductive, like this gun I just bought. I already own an FN. I have an FNS. And so I shouldn't have bought another FN, <laughs> but I, I really wanted this gun. But I, I, yeah, you just kind of get to this point where it's like, I can just look at it and say, okay, it's the same profile as the insert other thing I'm familiar with here. And, uh, you know, three YouTube videos say that the trigger feels a lot like this other gun. And I know what that trigger feels like and the capacity is X. And yeah, assuming that it's reliable, it doesn't suck. I'm probably going to like that gun. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, do you, right? I mean, if you're a person who's like, I just don't know if I, you know, then, then go, go to a store, like go hold it in your hand and feel it and say, this feels good to me. I think, I think, you know, I, I like it. You might feel like, you know, just putting it in your hand is, gives you a great enough confidence to buy it. You might want to go the extra step and say, no, I want to rent one of these or find somebody who owns one and, uh, and, and shoot it and enjoy it. And, you know, before I, I go buy one. Uh, I'm I'm kind of beyond both those things. I, I I feel like I can look at a picture on the internet and be like, "Yep, uh, I'm good to go." I can buy that gun. I like it. Uh, so, it's the beast. A couple of quick questions here that have come in that I do think are worth worth addressing. Um, someone <coughs> asked about, uh, "Oh, how many high points does Jacob own?" So I mentioned earlier that I've only ever sold guns once. They were all high points. Um, the first guns I ever bought were high points. I I I just 
they were the cheapest guns. So I bought three. I had a nine, a 40, and a 45. And uh, a couple of years later, I sold all three and bought a Glock. And I have not bought a high point since, and I don't have anything specifically against high points uh, other than, yes, I own some once and I sold them to buy something else. Someone asked, what do you think about the Canic line? I think Canics are great. I think that they make a good gun. Um, and somebody asked about, uh, they made a comment about buying the a first run of any firearms a little sketchy. You know, David, I, I'm, I'm one that's inclined to believe that that's the teach their own. Nick, I don't, I think the major gun manufacturers stand behind their products. So if you buy a gun that's in its first run and there's some sort of issue, they're going to take care of you. That's just the nature of, the, of, of what's necessary for them to stay in business. Um, it's interesting to see so many of the people who are following us online talking about how they've never bought a gun online. And then you have other people who say they've, they've purchased a lot of guns online. Um, and that's, you know, that's just something they've done. Matthew, what else are we missing or anything else we should cover relative to buying a gun online? Uh, I mean, I think we covered all the all the mechanics of it. I would say, like like you said, there's a, there's other websites that sell guns and things like that. But um, from and I haven't personally bought one from Guns.com. Um, but everything that you've told me, uh, as far as your experience, I, I you know I, I I trust you know your what you what your experience was would is not out of the out of the ordinary because you didn't tell them, Hey, this is Jacob. I'm going to do a podcast. And so I want you to give me white glove treatment. You just went through the same standard process as everyone else. So I think, um, you know, if, if you have a favorite place that you buy guns online, I saw a couple, you know, shops pop up in the, in the comments that people like to buy from, um, try guns.com and see, I mean, if there are things that you like about your, the place you buy now, you know, great. If there's some things that you don't like and you want that peace of mind to, to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to ship it to this FFL. I don't have to go through this wild goose chase to hunt them down and, and, and make sure that they're at home and all this stuff. Then, you know, guns.com streamlining that is, is a really good option. I think that, you know, it's going to, it's going to help a lot of uh, people that want to purchase a gun online. Uh, it's going to help them have that peace of mind. Yeah. I've, my hope, my uh, main objective in this episode is that if you're listening to this and you're a person who's done it all, you've bought online, you've bought from auctions, you've got, you've gone to the gun show and you've been to the local, you know, you've done it all, then, then great. Hopefully maybe you got something out of this, but for those of you who have just never shopped online for a gun before, I'm hoping we've removed any degree of mystery or concern and, you know, by sharing this, this most recent experience of mine, hopefully that gives you some confidence that that's an option you have available to you. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's the way to, to kind of approach this and say, hey, you got plenty of places you can buy a gun. Don't rule out the option of buying online and certainly know that it still supports a local gun dealer because you're going to have to walk into that store and you have to pick up that gun. You're going to have to pay them for their time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's, I guess, our thoughts. So with that, guys, thank you for participating, for listening today. Episode 398 of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Have you checked out our other podcasts? Guys, if you haven't, please do. We now have four total podcasts that make up the ConcealedCarry.com network. If you haven't already checked out, go go subscribe and check these out. You can learn more about all our podcasts at podcasts.concealedcarry.com. You have the Law Dog Shooting Sports Podcast with Chuck Ramsey and Brian Eastridge. Uh, two cops who bring a lot of interesting perspectives from that kind of background to today's modern you know, carrying gun.
gun toting citizen. We have the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, which has been on a little bit of a hiatus recently, uh, but those ladies are geniuses, and they, they, there's over, I think there's 80-something episodes there that you can go listen to while you're waiting for them to get back to recording. And of course, the Firearm Trainers podcast. For those of you who are or, or who are interested in becoming instructors in the firearm space and teaching other people and, and growing that side of your business and doing a better job of what you do, please go and subscribe to the Firearm Trainers podcast. You can learn more about all those anywhere you listen to podcasts and of course at podcast.concealcarry.com. A reminder, today's episode is brought to you by guns.com. What I think is a fantastic modern marketplace where you can buy and sell guns. And I, I, I think you, if you haven't checked it out, if you haven't been there yet to see what that, what their experience is, is like and, and how it works, I think you're missing out. I think it's a great place to buy a gun or to sell your used gun, uh, you know, in, in that marketplace. So check it out. And of course, also brought to you by Guardian Nation. So go to guardiannation.com to learn more about the different benefits and take advantage of those opportunities. Matthew, anything I'm missing or I've forgotten? No, like always, you you cover everything well. Okay, so guys, with that, remember to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.